Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on, picks up a block, at the five, at the two. At the one to the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Caught! Oh, baby, what a catch! Kenny Galladay, you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown Detroit Lions! I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on? It's Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We're back in the house talking Lions football as we do twice a week. We got our Wednesday show. We got our Friday show. And we got the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, as I like to call him, the Waffle Maker, the one and only, Grifka. Grifka, it's Friday. You know what you do. I'm excited. Uh, we are less than a week from the NFL draft. How are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. W- waffles sound pretty good. You say it that way, especially coming up on a weekend. Got a little more time to cook. So, gosh, waffles Grifka, sound good. Even do you, though, do even you though own... it is supposed to be actually spring-type weather again. <laughs> Do you own a waffle maker? No, I would. I would probably call in and get one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like that lazy. I'd be like calling some, some place for takeout waffle. So like you guys are open for breakfast, right? You got waffles, good. Griff, good. Can I have a couple? <laughs> Chicken and waffles, yay or nay? Oh, yay, definitely. Oh no, I, I, they do not go I together at all. I love the sweet and the savory. That that's like chocolate cake and a steak. They they, they should not be together at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you tried chicken and waffles together before? Yeah, I have, and like I just did it because, but like I would never put the two together as a meal. It just makes no sense to me. Like I'm not quite for sure why they did that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Griffka, do your thing. Get the weather report out the way. Tell the people in your favorite acronym. Let's go. <laughs> well, well, once again, um, it was kind of crappy weather here in Michigan this week. Uh, it's uh, obviously uh, the weather was all over the place. A little bit of snow, a little bit of sun. But uh, this weekend is supposed to be mid 50s. So uh, if you get a chance to get outside, you know, and because you realize you can't go shopping or anything like that or boating or do any gardening. So uh, go outside and uh, get a walk in or something like that. It's supposed to be the 50s. And uh, TGIF. Oh my gosh. Griff could, like, you're not supposed to be walking around. Like, they tell you to stay in. You can do gardening because that's mostly at people's houses. I don't know people that go out and randomly garden at uh, public places. So you can do that. You can't boat. And who the heck would want to boat when you can watch college football in the spring, as we talked about on Wednesday? Uh, you're just all over the map here to start the show. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, your, your take might have been this. This is a bad decision. 
period, point blank. It was- <laughs> what, what what the heck are we talking about here on a Friday, Griff? Because I'm fired up. I'm ready to come after you. I'm ready to like just get into this. Let's talk Lions. We got the draft right around the corner. Well, first things first, uh, you mentioned a possible trade between the uh, Lions and Chargers, the scenario that you throw out on Wednesday, sh- Wednesday show. And I stumbled across another one. I don't know who thought of this one. Here we or go. where this one even came from. I just I just want to get your thought about this one. This is another Chargers uh Lions trade. Just a quick take on this one. Um once again that they would swap picks and the Lions would also get Hunter Henry in the trade and the Lions would give up Jesse James in the trade. Would you make that trade? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, mind good. you, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry just signed his deal to make him the highest paid tight end in the league. So. Yes. I, I'm I'm aware. First of all, I mean we're starting a Friday show like this, but I mean Grifka, is this a real question, really? Oh, yes, because this one may be, you know, some people might really like this trade. You know, the dual tight ends like they had in New England, and one is Hunter Henry. He's a really good tight end. He cost a lot, but still. And we're giving up your boy, the outlaw. So uh, how how, how can you not like this trade? Grifka, did did this come from Lions 24-7? Is this this the guy that calls you at 2 a.m. and gives you the scoops because – I mean, wh- where did this come from? Is this some reputable source, or is this rumor innuendo? Oh, this is the rumor innuendo, of course. That's what everything is right now. I think this is a Grifka trade made up in his head to piss me off on a Friday because we know you hate tight ends. Why you would want to bring in another tight end at $10 million uh, just is, uh, as Stephen A. Smith says, it's absolutely blasphemous, Grifka, here on a Friday to even bring up this notion of in equivocal drivel um no i i don't want hunter henry i love hunter henry as a player i mean i have him in a lot of fantasy leagues but no we have tj hawkinson i don't know if you know this um yeah and jesse james is a piece of garbage so why would anybody want him he's an eight million dollar piece of absolute trash i mean like no, we're not running double tight ends with an eighth overall pick and a $10 million player. I don't know, Grifka, we, we battled it out on Wednesday. There's this thing called the salary cap. That really doesn't make a ton of sense on a whole bunch of levels when it comes to dollars and cents. So you can take this uh, trade and shove it, you know, where. Okay. I was just wondering what you thought. I thought maybe it might be a little more palatable for you since you're getting rid of the outlaw and I know how much you really like him. So, but, uh, okay. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. Come on, you Rudy Poot. Let's keep this moving. Like that, You got to do better than that, Griff, you probably got another okay. trade up your sleeve that's got to be better than that. Please tell me you do. Actually, I do. Oh, I good. do have one. Thank uh, I don't know if it's better per se. Uh, you know, better for the team that would better for the team that would be getting the stuff from Detroit, I think. But uh, hmm. this one, you know, our buddy Chuck sent this one over to me and said, oh, "What do you gosh. think about this one?" Void. And this one actually he void due to source. From, what's that? Void due to the source. But, Chuck Dog. This is the well, guy that has you know, a fantasy got, football yeah. magazine. He probably read this while he's at Barnes and Noble with his uh, NFL draft magazine. I mean, okay, give it to me. Let's see what this is. Well, the Cowboys actually, get all of our good players for nothing. Okay. He sent me the screenshot from Ian Rappaport. I mean, do you like Ian Rappaport or no? Uh, I don't mind him. I wouldn't mind his job. Okay. I'm going to read you the tweet that he sent me. This, this is this is the screenshot that Chuck took. Sent me. It says Ian Rappaport. Doesn't say the the real Ian Rappaport or anything like that. It says at rap sheet. And I think that's what he goes by. It says uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions are in serious conversations with Dallas trading Dak Prescott 
and their 17th <laughs> overall pick in 2020 NFL draft to Detroit for Matt Stafford, the third overall pick and the 34th overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Dallas is beyond frustrated with Dak Prescott and his contract, as well as the party he had this weekend with teammate Zeke Elliott. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I don't know who Ian got this from, but I really want to hear your opinion on this. <laughs> and yes, oh. this is a real question because Ian Rappaport put it out there from the rap sheet, so it has to be. He must have some source. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do some digging on this because I've been a little bit off the radar the last couple of days, but I have not heard people in about this. And if it came from at Rap Sheet, that sounds right. The fact that Chuck is in on it, I mean, he anything that Dallas Cowboys, he takes his gospel. But first of all, my issue, you said something about the 34th overall pick. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys don't pick in the second round until number 51. So I don't well, know. Detroit, it says Detroit for Matt Stafford, the third overall pick and the 34th overall pick. So Detroit would be giving up the third and the 34th along with Matt Stafford for Dak Prescott and the 17th pick. That would be the trade. Detroit would be getting Dak and the 17th pick and Detroit would be giving up Matt Stafford the third pick and the 34th pick okay are, are you reading this verbatim Griff could I want to ask that question yep. first yes I am okay well From first of all <laughs> okay well first of all the issue is the Lions don't pick at 34 they have the 35th pick in uh overall in the second well, round maybe, that's maybe you fat fingered it I don't know okay maybe maybe Detroit's actually giving up somebody else's pick in this trade. <laughs> they just don't know about it Okay, well, regardless, I think we've debunked this as garbage right off the bat for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I'll have to dig into it, but there's no there's no way. Now, now, first of all, I'm not a Dak Prescott hater. You know, I know Chuck wants to say, oh, he's not that, uh, you know. Yeah, he ain't that great. <laughs> he, he is that great, and I think that he's a young prospect. He's a coachable guy. He can run it. He can throw it. Uh, you know, he has his moments where he's a little bit erratic, but overall he's, he's put up good numbers there in Dallas. I don't understand why he gets so beat up the 17th pick. Oh baby. I could do some damage there right in the middle of the first round where the contracts are cheaper and the talent is plentiful. Griff guy, I know you've already quit cause it's past pick five, but I'm, I'm locked in there at 17. I probably got about eight prospects. I would love at that spot. If not more, um, I would not want to give up 35 Ian Rappaport, um, because that's a tremendous asset right there. And then there's also the problem with having to Dak Prescott doesn't have a clue what the quarterback market is worth. This guy thinks he should make 50 million a year. He's, he's in cuckoo land about what he deserves and what quarterbacks are currently getting paid. He just wants to jump the shark on the entire market. So, I mean, I like the player. I like that draft pick, but there ain't no freaking way we're going to do something like that when if, if we really want to flip our QBs like that, we just go ahead and, you know, take the quarterback, as I mentioned on Wednesday, and go ahead and flip Matt Stafford to good old Billy B at 23 and go ahead and take that 23rd selection. I mean, to me, that's much more realistic than this cuckoo, uh, Rudy Poo, uh, garbage idea that Chuck sent you because it came up on on the Dallas Cowboy 24-7. I mean, there, there's just no way this, this goes down. No way. Yeah, I, I I have to agree with you on that. I mean, this is this is just a terrible trade for Detroit, even though, like you said, maybe they're giving up somebody else's 34th pick and says, Detroit's like, we still want our 35th, but <laughs> let's trade your 34th. But, uh, yeah, I he sent me this. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I would love this trade. I'm like, of course you would. 
mean, this is a killer trade. I mean, for Dallas. This is no, number three and Matt Stafford trade. for a, an unsigned quarterback after this year and a top second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. We, I'm glad you love this Chuck, this trade, Chuck. I mean, what an amazing concept that you would like this, buddy. Yeah. So I, like I said, I just have to agree with you. This, this can happen. You know, if, uh, this can't happen at all. No, nope. I don't care how unhappy uh, Dallas is with Dak Prescott throwing a party, but uh, Griff come on. I mean, Bob Quinn, you can't be that. that you can't be doing yeah, this. Yeah, that was a stupid move by Dak. What the hell is he doing? Like, hold on, I think we got a drop for that. <laughs> hey, hey, Dak Prescott. Like, did you know our whole nation has been told to stay at home? I mean, what the heck? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, you thought it was a good idea to have a birthday party with thirty people over? What the hell? doing i mean hey jerry jones called dak prescott and you did this to him that drives me freaking bonkers uh, grifka why didn't you just respond back to chuck with this about this trade no and then your text should have read chuck is this a real text really <laughs> so i had to see i'm just like at rap sheet i'm like i think somebody's cutting and pasting ian rapaport stuff but right it's like there's no way this i mean this can't be real there are I mean, some funny somebody... there are some funny twitters grifka that will be like it'll say you know sports center and then when you look at the at it's some garbage at but they'll have like the picture that says rob gronkowski has signed a two-year deal to play for the tampa bay buccaneers and everything looks real except for the at is at like sports update 2020 or something and they, they get they get like eight thousand retweets and then all these likes and then people are like hey hey idiots <laughs> this is some this is some 13 year old that just pulled the wool over your eyes you jamokes i mean that's what this sounds like yeah yeah, something, you know, from Ian Rappaport through Joe's Garage or something like that. Right. So, okay. Well, let's do this. Let's take a pause for the cause here before uh, we get into uh, the, uh, the the recap of the draft. I mean, uh, I know I uh, mentioned that on my solo show about doing one of the drafts of Ghost Pass. So uh, we're going to be doing that. So uh, let's take a, hear a word from our sponsor. Gripco, that's a bell for pause for the cause. And everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, we're back from the break. I mean, Grifsky, the waffle maker, the legend, the the guy that, you know, is the self-appointed star of this show. I mean, I don't know what he's got up his sleeve. He wants to talk about draft probably from 10 years ago, something I wasn't even born or was barely a Lions fan. Grifko, we got we got so much other things to talk about, but I'll play your games. I mean, we can we can do this, but I mean, I think it's just a diversion because you don't want to get into a draft uh, back and forth with me, but that's okay. 
Nope. Um, we, we are going to do, once again, like they said, you have to wait three years to be able to really grade a draft. So uh, we got three years with this with this draft right here. And um, I just want to uh, talk to you about it and uh, get your thoughts. And yeah, uh, we could uh, take in that. Okay. <laughs> so let's do this one. Um, it's the draft and uh, the first round pick. With the 21st pick, the Lions took Jared Davis. And I will admit, at the time, I was happy about that. I really liked his speed. His, his college tape at Florida he looked good, made a lot of tackles. But everybody knows how I feel about him now. Um, overall, what would you grade Jared Davis at right now? Oh, Grifka, this is where you're trying to pinch me in a corner because you know I stick up for Jared Davis on this show. I'm, I'm not one of those people that will just watch him for a couple of years and say, Uh, He's taken at number 20 and he hasn't made X amount of pro bowls and he hasn't done X, Y, and Z like, like Jared Davis right now, you know, is, is not a, a premier player at the position there. I said, are you glad you happy? Um, What Jared Davis is, is still a a hard worker. He's still a, a guy with a lot of physical attributes you look for his processing, you know, hasn't come along at the rate we want it to, but it's weird. He kind of will have spurts where he plays well and then spurts where he kind of doesn't have it together. I mean, if we're looking back, you know, where he was drafted, number 20 is a crazy high draft asset. You know, I know we kind of settled for him. Oh, yeah, it's a good – he was a position need at the time. We thought he'd be the quarterback of our defense. You know, he had some good college highlights and tape and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking back on it a, a few years later, I mean, he's, he's probably a – a C plus type player for me with, with, with B ability, you know, a guy that hasn't performed up to snuff. A lot of people want to just kick him out for a, you know, a, a, a box of potato chips. And for me, it's like, I'm still waiting to see not only if the light can come on, but can he be a, a, a serviceable piece through his current contract? And then also, could he be a guy you resign at a, at a reasonable rate, you know, if he wants to be here and he's willing to continue to work hard and be a good team player. So C plus with, uh, you know, that, that ceiling of, of never being an A plus or even an A player, but he could, he could be a B, maybe even a B plus player if it all comes together in, in year three or four. Okay. Now, once again, a few guys that were taken shortly thereafter, um, any of these guys that would you you would rather have on the team right now? Um, and number twenty three, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram, the tight end nope. Ole Miss, nope. was taken by the Giants. Nope. Uh, at number twenty four, Jabril Peppers, the safety out of Michigan, was taken by Oakland, not by Oakland, um, by Cleveland. Unfortunately, no. At number, at, uh, number twenty seven, uh, Tre'Davious White, the cornerback out of LSU, was taken by Buffalo. Uh, I, I mean, Trey White's a good cornerback, man. You have to admit that. Yeah, I was, I was trying to give my I was still thinking about uh, how bummed I am that Jabril Pappas hasn't become a ball player because that was my guy at Michigan. Closest thing I had seen to Chucky Wood and uh, thought he'd be a great versatile pro, you know, if they put him, let him do some things. But he's just been a, a middling player at best, you know, where he went. Um, yeah, Trey, Trey White's a, a ball player. You know, he's a, he's a guy that I, I can't remember if it was – if it was him, I know he was sort of on my radar, but I, I want to say this is the draft where there was a couple second-round corners that were there as well. But I can't remember Tredavis White being talked about really with the Lions, so it's kind of a look back and Monday morning quarterback it. But, you know, yeah, he he's obviously the best player out of the ones you mentioned. Like, 
that, you know, Evan Ingram's been hurt his whole career. He hasn't even flashed when he's been out there for the most part. And Pep has been traded, and they've never learned how to use him both at the uh, t- safety slash linebacker, move him all around. And, gosh, why don't you put Peppers on offense, too? Get him the football in his hands and let him do some things. So, um, Jared Davis still underperformed. You know, I'd love to trade him for Tredavis White, but we can't do that, unfortunately. Okay. Okay, in the second round, um, Lions took, you know, uh, at number 53, T. Tabor. We all know about him. Um, shortly thereafter, we had uh, at number 54, Raekwon McMillan, linebacker out of, Ohio, out of Ohio State, went to Miami. At number 57, Zach Cunningham, linebacker out of Andy, went to Houston. And at number 62, uh, the guy that seems a lot of people are drooling over now, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver out of USC, went to Pitt. What yep. you think about Tavor? I obviously, we think we know we're going to grade him here, but I think those other three guys I mentioned, um, obviously, you would rather take in as opposed to Tavor. Yeah, rather than a grade, I mean, let's just do this for T's. T's, here's what you did in Detroit, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, this guy's was an absolute disaster. I mean, for Bob Quinn, he was simply this. It's a bad decision. Period, point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. The worst, the worst selection in his career. Most people want to beat him up, but if you look at his draft track record, he's only had that miss, you know, in, in the early type rounds. And he's had some later round washouts like everybody does. Um, getting back to your point, Grifka, like, you know, I remember not wanting tees. I tried to, of course, once they took him, think of the good things he could be. We learned pretty quick that you can't run 4-7 and then all of a sudden run faster. <laughs> so he just never really had a chance, even with instincts and whatever they say about him. It just never translated. Um, the other players you mentioned, I mean, okay, they're okay pros, but, I mean, Cunningham and then McMillan, those obviously weren't guys lines if you already had taken a, a linebacker. So I don't know who else was around there, but you'd be looking at other positions if you are going to try to combo you know, what the Lions could have done that would have made sense because they wouldn't have looked at those guys. I actually took Roquan McMillan in our virtual draft between me and Hughes. He started out real slow, and he's actually been a ball player uh, the last year or so, kind of coming into his own, Um, even though they're kind of, you know, they've also drafted another linebacker who I like and uh, I think I have in a couple deep fantasy leagues as well in Miami. His name's escaping me, but... um, you know, McMillan's been a good player, but the name you, you mentioned, this is where I'm going to do something I rarely do on the show, Grifka. I'm going to give you somewhat credit, which is I remember doing a mock draft. I think it was maybe on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I think I put you to the test and put you through a mock, and you ended up taking Juju in the uh, probably, I want to say it was the third round or so of that mock. We talked about him as kind of being a good football player and somebody that might be able to fill that receiver position at that point. Now, where you don't get credit, is because you don't ever hang in there with us during the draft and do it actually on the clock. Um, you're out either, you know, at, at the uh, at the merry-go-round or at some function, and that way we can't say, man, Grifka in the second round of this draft took Juju, and now he's a ball player, and he would have been great for the Lions because you probably wouldn't. You probably would have taken an offensive guard or a center or some garbage like that because it had been safe and it had been one of the few players that you had, uh, you know, watched on a Saturday afternoon, the lazy boy. But – 
again, you get credit for getting him in a mock draft. I also took him a lot in mocks before that as well. Juju, he's been real good. He also had a really down year. So that's what I say about these players is you can't anoint people, but you also can't wait till they're superstars and then say, oh, see, look, at, I knew he was going to be good. I mean, Juju kind of falls in the middle ground. Like, it'll be curious what he does. Is he a number one or is he a guy that balled out when he had other people around him and now he can't? live up to it. Plus he's kind of a goofball, you know, with the lions have wanted his goofy personality in their organization at this point. I'm not so sure. So, um, I'm not quite for sure. Um, but yeah, I T Saber's a piece of garbage. (laughs) (laughs) That's Hey man, nice ending there. I like that. Uh, In the third round, got boy at number 96, Kenny Galladay. Um, there's nobody really after that. The only one I could really think that's been okay in the league. That was at number uh, 99. That was Rasul Douglas, the cornerback out of West Virginia, went to Philly. So, uh, I mean, uh, what what grade would you give uh, Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay gets two sound bits, Grifka, because he's worthy of both. Woo! Wow! 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 That's the Rod Allen woo-wee and the uh, Frank Ribble, at Frank Ribble, everybody on Twitter, is quad wow that he dropped on our, our call in line. Grifka, what's that number once again? Oh, you're going to love that number. Once again, everybody, it's, <clears throat> hold on, <clears throat> it's uh, 989-272-3484. Once again, that number's 989-272-3484. Thank you, Grifka. Man, we haven't been promoting it. We also haven't been using it as much, but we'd love it, especially around draft time, if people call in and leave us something funny or leave us your, your hot fire takes on the Detroit Lions. We'll uh, get you on the show if you call up that line, no doubt. It is still active. We uh, we need to put it to better use, I got to say. Um, if you've called and we haven't answered, we apologize. Um, you know, back to your thing, Kenny Galladay is, gosh, you know, when they took him, I was off my radar. Of course, I'm going to admit that, but he is one of the guys that I took a, a liking to, you know, without seeing him three years down the road, you know, by after year one, I felt like his personality, his ability, his size was all going to develop into a stud. That's obviously coming to fruition. Great pick by Bob Quinn. Absolute A. A, you know, uh, wonder if he can get to an A plus or will he always be an A minus B plus receiver? And I'm curious to see what he makes. So to me, it was uh, a slam dunk third rounder. And now they got to see how they can keep him in the fold. And, and what's his ceiling? Can he be a, a top 10, top 15 receiver? Or is he going to be the best receiver on the Lions, but not a guy that's, you know, dynamic for the next, you know, three five six years you know that's kind of my question with him but um love the guy right now he's got everything you look for in a receiver um you know in my in my opinion yeah okay and in the fourth round at the uh 124th pick the lines took jalen reeves maben and also in the fourth round at 127 they took uh, mike michael roberts uh once again in that ballpark there's nobody that's made any real dent in the nfl so uh what do you think about those two picks Oh man, I I want to look at these mocks because like I'm shocked that you're saying there's nobody around the Kenny and there's nobody around the you know the fourth fourth round that 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 are good players or that are guys to consider otherwise. I mean I would think there'd have to be some, but again I'd have to pull that up and take a look see with my eyes and see if there's people I like or that that fit there. I mean Jalen Reese Maben was a guy that was on my radar. You know I'd heard some draft experts that liked him. 
I, you watch him, you know, again, the YouTube highlights, or you watch some of his abilities, he could run and hit, and he had some injury issues, um, was kind of surprised where he went, you know, I was hoping he'd be maybe more in that fifth round, I believe, if I'm remembering that draft correctly, and then my boy Michael Roberts, man, he was, he was a target as well, you can't argue with his production at Toledo, I want to say he had 15 to 20 touchdowns, and then he came in the league and just a couple flashes, you know, us down at training camp, he's catching touchdowns left and right. And then when he dropped one, he gets sent to run laps. I mean, he just never seemed to come around for what the Lions were looking for. That's a big miss, even though it's in the mid later fourth round, he was kind of a tight end. We needed a tight end at that point and what he barely made a season or so. And he was, he was out and uh, he's actually back with Miami now, so I'll be curious to see if he can kind of resurge himself or if he's always going to be that lazy, inconsistent type player that just can't cut it at the NFL level. It might be the case. So it was both of those. I mean, Maven, just because he's uh, Reeves Maven, because he stayed on the team, he probably gets a, a C minus. He's a really great special teamer, and he's also been kept around. That's the sad part for. Jalen Reeves Maven is they've never really given him even a shot. Like even when we had those terrible seasons, it was like, why can't Reeves Maven be out here at outside linebacker and just let him free, you know, let him run and hit and see what he can do. You know, he'd be out there for two snaps and then he'd, he'd go away for half a quarter. So, you know, C minus, you know, uh, type of grade, I guess you'd have to give him. And then, you know, Michael Roberts is a big old F just uh it's a bummer for me personally and just for the team so he just did not work out okay uh in the fifth round uh lines one fifth round pick at 165 they took jamal agnew i'm very interested to hear what you have to say about jamal agnew oh man grifka so jamal agnew was daniel jeremiah's guy he talked about him before the draft he said there's this kid out of san diego state or whatever jamal agnew he's got crazy speed he's really electric in the return game he can even probably be a a productive corner for you Grifka I've grown to absolutely hate Jamal Agnew he's cost us football games with dropped kicks and punts he 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 makes one to two plays a year as we've said on this show on, on previous shows there's a bell for you from me because of me um this guy's got to go. Like, you can put anybody back there. to re- Ty Johnson can freaking return all kicks, in my opinion, or some other receiver that we get. Agnew has never done it as a corner. He, they, I liked it when they used him as a gadget player. And other than that, he's just been, okay, he's on the roster, but he does nothing for me. It's just kind of like that fifth rounder you had hopes for. And then by year two, you were kind of like, oh, yeah, that's... That guy's not going to ever give us what we could have probably got by taking an offensive lineman or a wide receiver or whatever it may be in the fifth round that could have actually added to the team. So Jamal Agnew is a D-plus for me. Just a, another missed prospect that had some promise and just never consistent. And, and those two plays you make aren't enough to make up for the lack of other things you do. Okay. Um, and then uh, to finish it out, I'll just uh, do the two sixth-round picks and the one seventh-round pick the Lions had. In the sixth round that year at 205, they took uh, Jeremiah Ledbetter. At 215, they took Brad Kaya. And in the seventh round at 250, they took Pat O'Connor. I mean, those guys were all camp fodder. I know uh, at some point, well, kind of had a little bit over Brad Kaya. But, um, yeah, those. Uh, I mean, uh, any grade on those, you just want to give them flat-out Fs. Yeah, I mean, I I hate all those. I, uh, you know, this is the argument that 
that people i i don't know where you even fall grifka i feel like you're a, a hater half the time on this regime and then you also sort of stick up for him in case it works out i mean i'm a guy that sticks up for bob quinn you look at this draft and you know the first pick is you know average or below average the second one is a total washout the third one's a stud the fourth round is eh. the fifth round is a miss and the sixth seventh rounds are both misses so I think what you did for the people, Grifka, is you sort of pulled out a draft that you knew wasn't that good um, across the board, and you wanted to review it so you get my blood up and know that this is a draft that... No, this has been, yeah, what, it's not... three years? Like, I got three years of playing time under the belt, right? Yeah, but I'm saying you picked this out because you didn't want to pick out one of the other ones where you'd see you'd see really good players in rounds one, two, three, and four. <clears throat> you picked no, out I mean, this one where it wasn't years. that good. I mean, that's what it says. You wait three years before you really create a draft. So, well, that's you and that's you in the arcade, uh, you know, archaic people that think that's how the, the draft goes. I mean, I think you know a lot of times when somebody's good before three years. But like you say, this but is an exercise. You always says you got to give them a little bit of time. I mean, you're always, you're always like, give them time. I mean, I mean, it's both so for me. Like you, three years. you have to give people time, but like I said, I, I don't have to watch people forever to know if you're, I could have told you uh, a year and a half ago that I would have liked Jamal Agnew off the team. I mean, I don't have to wait three years to know what he's going to give me. Some of the other guys you mentioned, we, we obviously knew weren't good after year one, right? Michael Roberts, uh, T's Tabor, like waiting to watch T's Tabor be on a practice squad for two years. Didn't help me evaluate him. The guy sucked and was slow <laughs> after we took him and he proved it and he never played and we got rid of his Rudy Pooh candy ass. I mean, simple as that. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it works to some degree, but it's it's not common sense on the other side where you just look at some of these people and, yeah, it's not he's not an NFL ball player. So I, I think, you know, this is this is one of Bob Quinn's, you know, worst drafts when you look at it. But if we pull out the other ones in the last couple of years, you look at rounds one to four, they've been good players. They haven't been superstars. They haven't been guys you see on the NFL billboards, but they are guys you can build on. And that still, yeah, need some time to sort of see what their ceiling is. I don't know what the ceiling is for Tracy Walker. I hope it's really high. I don't know what the ceiling is for Will Harris. I couldn't tell you what, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other, uh, you know, what is Frank Ragnow really going to be dominant center or is he just, above average, you know, and we love him because he's our best offensive lineman, basically, you know, I, I'm still making some of those determinations, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bad draft from a big perspective. I think that you, you always can look at a draft and usually get, you know, two to four or five players, hopefully that can help you. And in this draft, he got, you know, what, probably two to three if you're stretching it. And so it's a poor draft. There's no doubt. And just wanted to mention a couple names of guys that were undrafted in, in that draft as well. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Corey Clement, you know, running back, he went to the Eagles. Uh, Austin Eckler, running back, obviously went to the Chargers. Uh, what was that? Matt Breida, running back, went to the 49ers. And uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end, went to the Cards. Any of those guys, I mean, that you would uh, like to have on the team? Um, I mean... I don't know. I mean, yeah, of course some of those worked out, but those are the, those are the undrafted darts at a wall that, that worked. I mean, you probably got what another 60 players in that pool that were the same as everybody else that just didn't work and, and didn't make any sense. So, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, 
it's interesting to bring up, but it'd be like me just picking out a couple players that, that worked and saying, you know, don't you wish we would have took those or those would have fit? Of course, but nobody knew those guys were going to be any good. I was hoping Grifka, I could pull up my, uh, cause I got my picks from this draft too. I don't know if I'll be able to find it here. Give me a minute. Pull up the Oakry picks. Cause like I was going over this the other day with Hughes and looking at our picks. I think we've been doing it for three years now and there's lots of misses as well. So Grifka, let me let me go ahead here, take a second, and pull up this sheet. So like what me and Hughes did a few years ago was we didn't want to. Actually, this between me and him, this has been going on. We literally have been writing down. It started out with a few rounds, and now it's blown up into every pick. But back in 2006, can you believe it? We started tracking some of these, um, and we we write them down. Who's available on the clock? Who we would take? And these are sort of. We do it a couple different ways. We have a couple things where we take, you know, we're building a team, but we also do one where it's like, if I was the Lions, based on their current team, who would I take? So in 2017, Grifka, this is what I mean, where you kind of, if you do it live, you can't go back and say, I told you so. You also can't go back and use revisionist history of who you liked and who you didn't. This is who I would have taken at the moment when the Lions were on the clock, along with who was available with yeah, you've done all this research and talk about it for months, but like when they go on the clock, you either, if they trade, okay, you got to wait. If they go ahead and pick, you got to come up with a name based on who's left and who's out there. So in 2017, uh, 21, where they took Jared Davis, I would have taken Reuben Foster inside linebacker Alabama. We all know he hasn't worked out for a lot of off the field reasons. My pick in the second round would have been Chidobi Awuzi, the uh, cornerback that went to Dallas. He's been, uh, He's been, you know, average. I know the Cowboys players don't like him, but he also, you know, has been out there playing a little bit. Um, in the third round, I took Samaje P. Ryan, running back out of Oklahoma. He started out really good and then has completely fallen off the map. Fourth round, I took Jake Butt out of Michigan. He's had three knee surgeries, hasn't come around. I took Watkins, big old defensive tackle out of Clemson in the fourth, uh, kind of play that defensive tackle, almost like a nose type tackle. Um, he's been in the league and done some things, but hasn't uh, totally shown out. He's got a, uh, I think Hughes tracks the PFF. Like, you know, Woozy is a 78.4 PFF grade. I mean, that's not too shabby. And then uh, Watkins, 63. And then my rounds five through seven. I mean, Malachi Dupree, uh, Brian Cox's son, uh, you know, cornerback that went to the Minnesota and then kind of washed out. And Chad Kelly, the quarterback in the seventh round out of old miss. So as you can see, I mean, if, if I'm looking at my draft there, I basically got, you know, Ruben Foster for a cup of coffee and then a Wuze who, you know, is okay. Everybody else is, is a complete swing and miss in that draft. Again, as Grifka would say, you know, they're only prospects till they do something. But at the time you look, I remember I send in that draft to people and people are like, Oh man, can we get you as the lions GM? You know, cause like people were loving those names. Some of those picks were really, uh, you know, high end football players that were talked about a lot. And here you are, as you said, three years later, looking at nothing real quick. Hughes's draft that he wrote down was foster Obi Melifanu, who I loved in that draft, who, totally washed out with the Raiders and then went to the Patriots and never did anything. Um, he took James Conner, nice pick for him in the third round. Um, 
you know, he had some medical concerns at that point coming off the cancer, but he took him and that's worked out for the most part. You know, Connor's kind of on the downswing, I would say now. He took Jake Budd as well. Ryan Switzer, the wide receiver that went to Pittsburgh, uh, a couple other teams, done okay, but not great. And then he says he has uh, Vincent Taylor, I believe, defensive tackle, who has an 84 PFF grade when, when this was last checked. So, yeah, not a good draft for Bob Quinn, not a good draft for me, but kind of fun, I think, for our listeners to sort of hear those back and uh, know that, yeah, the draft is a crapshoot. And, and if you were to talk to me after that draft or heard those names, like, oh, man, you got a, a starting middle linebacker. You got a, a really good valued corner in the second round. You got a, a running back that can catch it and run it and kind of meat and potatoes running back. Jake Butt come back from the knee injuries, could have been our starting tight end and like none of that came to fruition really. So hopefully I do better in the 2020 draft. I, I definitely plan to, but that was uh, unfortunately my 2017 draft and we'll, we'll see what we come up with. I mean, like I say, we'd love to put you to the test and, and get you on the record at least a couple years here, but uh, that is the unfortunate history. I have to look back at it. Uh, Bob Quinn sucked. And so did I in 2017. <laughs> Bob Quinn sucked. It's funny. Okay. Well, that's a, like you said, it's kind of cool. I mean, like you said, you give the guys a little bit of time, three years. And like how you mentioned, you don't know what Tracy Walker, what, you know, what what his ceiling is going to be, you know, was it uh, Will Harris, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, like maybe, maybe those talking heads are right. Three years is kind of good to know, but like you said, some guys, you know, earlier, it's like, this guy sucks. Why is he still around? Or like, you know, you said you want, you want to give the guy a little bit of time, see, see if he pans out. So, Grifka, um, Well, that's you, all I got for today's show. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We just set a new record on the show. Do you know what it is? No. <laughs> this is a new Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This will go down in the DKC Hall of Fame record books. Grifka, you just ripped off about six, like you said, right in a row. I mean, I think it's only proper to do this. Because I missed all of them with the bell. People, go back and listen to that. That was Grifka, like you said, uh, as you just mentioned, all right in a row. In about two paragraphs, set a new Detroit Kool-Aid cast record for gimmicks. One of Grifka's go-tos, which is, like you said, or as you just mentioned, I mean, absolute classic stuff. Grifka, like... I think you it's were. Nice, it's nice to make a record like that. It's, oh it's man! Be yeah, your your prize, your medal will be in the mail, man. It might, uh, you know, keep a look see out. I mean, maybe you'll get it and yeah. buy. Uh... I won't hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the committee, you know, it's nice to be nominated, though, wasn't it? Um, Grifka, I think you Definitely. said you you were done. I mean, I know you said that, but we got to get confirmation. Grifka, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Everybody, another fun Detroit Kool-Aid cast talking Detroit Lions. Grifka putting us in the way back machine, looking at a draft. Uh, unlike Grifka, I actually admitted my own mistakes and went back and, and put myself on blast of who I would take. I'm actually scrolling through our sheet now. We do have a Grifka column, which is Mostly completely blank. I think he made a few picks here, but I won't I won't uh, sell him out right now on the show. I cannot wait to make my 2020 picks. I cannot wait till the Detroit Lions make their 2020 picks. Please reach out to us on Twitter during the draft and give us your opinions. We'll have some back and forth, I'm sure. At Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. You can tweet at Grifka. 
he probably won't answer you unless you tell him that you agree with everything he says and he's the smartest man ever. But if you want to do that, it's at Grifka DKC. He gave you that call in line. Please call in and leave us some funny messages. We'll put you on the show, we'll read your name, uh, whatever we got to do to add some entertainment. It's always fun talking lions with Grifka, the one and only waffle maker. I can't wait to see what he says after this NFL draft uh, next week. We, uh, you got to tune in. I'm probably going to give Grifka my um, end of day rankings because we will be right up against the draft when we do our Wednesday show. So I'll divulge my rankings by different positions and whatnot. And we will, uh, we will then recap the draft uh, and, and get into it after that. So everybody drink it in. Drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. You know how we do it. Drink it in, man. Take care. Stay safe. Stay at home. Unlike Grifka walking around everywhere. And uh, we'll all get through this together. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.